Good morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ. May the dew of this fresh morning wash over you with a newness that is Christ. Today is October 13th, and the reference from the Echoes of Eternity, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Psalm 52:22 and Matthew 11:29:30. Cast your burden upon me and take my burden upon you. Your burden is too heavy for you, my child. It is laden with sins past, old guilt, many fears, unwholesome ambitions. There must be a daily casting of this burden upon me, or it will grow heavier and heavier, weighing you down and hindering your journey. Ask my spirit's searchlight to show you where you need to face any sin, repent and be freed. Take my burden in place of yours, my burden of care, of love for others, who may never return yours in kind, of faithfulness in prayer, and the burden of faith, of believing where you cannot see. Accept this burden, my child, and travel light. Again, that is from the book Echoes of Eternity, Listening to the Father, Hal M. Helms. St. Gregory the Great, I want to reference back to the Latin Fathers of the Church this morning. Born the same time as St. Benedict. St. Benedict was the brother of St. Scholastica. St. Benedict, who wrote his rule for monks, Gregory came from an aristocratic senatorial family of Rome with a long tradition of public service both in the church and civil administration. In his 30s, he held the highest local Roman magistrate of urban prefect. Retired to monastic community, which was in Monte Cassino, founded ancestral palace on Caelian Hill and dedicated it to St. Andrew. And we know that St. Andrew was born on November 30th, 357. He preached the gospel and he labored in Greece, carrying the gospel as far as Russia and Poland. He suffered martyrdom by crucifixion on the cross in the form of an X. His body was taken to Constantinople in 357 and placed in the Church of the Apostles, built by the Constantine the Great. In 1270, the city fell into hands of Latins, relics, transported to Italy and placed in the Cathedral of Amalfi, 11.30 of 357. Gregory spoke of his life and he spent it in public office as a life of tension between secular work and interests of his office and the contemplative ideal drawing him to break with worldly concerns and seeking a refuge of monastic retirement. I know there's a lot of friends in our life that feel this way and want to live this way, and they are to the best of their ability. And I think it's a very good practice to follow in what the monks did to the degree that God allows us according to our state of life. St. Gregory remained a monk for the rest of his life, as a pope, he encouraged the spread of monasticism to protest communities from outside interference. And I believe that's still a problem today. I believe we have a lot of interference coming into uh, our lives, not just you know in our family or in our workplace, but also in the church environment. We have to, my brothers and sisters, be aware of this interference and spend more time in silence in front of the Blessed Sacrament. 
St. Gregory did not adopt the rule of St. Benedict, but put St. Benedict on the map by devoting the two of the four books of dialogues in his life and miracles. He later left monastic life at the call of the Pope. He was ordained deacon, assisted papacy in its works to Rome, sent to Constantinople as Pope Pelagius II, representative of the imperial court. Gregory lived in Constantinople. He lived like a monk and took with him some of his brethren from St. Andrew's Monastery. It was these exact monks he delivered commentaries to on the book of Job, which grew into the huge work, the Moralia. February 3rd of 590, Pope Pelagius II succeeded to the plague. The people turned to Deacon Gregory, and he was chosen to succeed Pelagius. With a heavy heart, Gregory became Pope. And I would imagine so, because the responsibilities of the entire nation of the faithful were over him. His feast day is May 26th, 1515. And I think now more than ever, I personally call on St. Gregory the Great to uh, intercede for us in these difficult times as they were difficult in his day, they are very difficult in our day. And we're not prepared as Gregory was prepared in Christ to handle these times. So again, I call on the Latin fathers of the Catholic Church to intercede for us and to inspire us with their wisdom and to rely on their prayers for us to be guiding us throughout this century. St. Philip Neri, Veronica Morrison, my, her favorite saint, was St. Philip Neri, according to my husband. And to me, I always thought St. Andrew was her favorite saint. But nonetheless, um, in the book of the Lives of the Saints, priest and patron of Rome, St. Philip Neri was born in Florence in 1515. He was born the same year as St. Teresa of Avila. The most perfect obedience toward parents, completed studies at 18, sat he was sent to his uncle's house near Monte Cassino. He desired to serve God without worldly distractions. How beautiful that must have been because he lived during a time where there were no television, there was no internet, there was no distractions of, of uh, media. Um, he had the opportunity to be in a silent monastic life and it's something I think a lot of Christians today, like myself, are craving. And I feel like we all have our little cells that we are, you know, drawn to in prayer and in reflection of what Christ is asking of us. Imagine if we all follow this example of St. Philip Neri. In 1533, he became preceptor to the children of the Florentine noblemen, teaching others devoting himself to the study of philosophy and theology. Not everyone was as fortunate to have that opportunity to study the way Philip Neri did, or even as some of our children have. I know myself, I, I did not have that opportunity to go to college. It was not presented to me, and when I tried to enter into colleges, every door closed on me. So the Lord has a different plan for all of us, and as he has a plan for me now is to, to learn and to teach souls. So St. Philip Neri's desire was to save souls. 
And I think that's a very good goal, my brothers and sisters. We should be aware of that same privilege. We can, too, desire to save souls. The question is, are we going to exercise that right? God gives us that privilege and that honor. And I hope that those that are listening do consider taking advantage of that gift. Desire to save souls that are closest to you, whether it's your family members, whether it's your church friends, whether it's yourself. You know, we have to work within ourselves first before we can go out and preach the gospel and, and, and touch lives of others. So St. Philip Neri established the confraternity, the Blessed Trinity, in 1548, serving pilgrims and the sick, obedient to his confession, he became a priest in June of 1551. He was 36 years old, and he founded the Congregation of the Oratory in 1575. Gregory XIII approved it, and in 1583 gave him the new church of La Valencelia. He labored zealously for souls in confessional and died in 1595. Lord, may the fire of the Holy Spirit wonderfully buried in the heart of St. Philip Neri be inflamed in us this morning. Then you have St. Ambrose and St. Augustine. St. Ambrose, I believe, uh, was born in 340, and according to the lives of the saints, he was 57 years old when he died. He was baptized by St. Augustine in 387. His last action was the ordination of St. Herodias. He died after a life of labor and prayer, and holy bishops of Milan in 397. Patron of Candlemakers, Saint Damasus, first pope, sat in the chair of Saint Peter 18 years and two months. He died in 384. Charles Borromeo, November 4th feast day. And um, I have here Saint Augustine, born November 13th. He lived between the time of 354 and 430. He was 76 when he died. God's grace, prayers of his mother instructed him greatly to become friends of the saints like St. Ambrose. His effects, his conversion given himself entirely to God. Can you give yourself entirely to God this day? Can you pledge that towards our Lord? St. Ambrose administered baptism to St. Augustine on Easter Sunday in 387. He was ordained in 390. He was consecrated bishop and co-adjector to Valerius, bishop of Hippo, whom he succeeded following year. He governed his church, preached to his people, and wrote voluminous works. In 397, he wrote his confessions. And I believe you can still purchase a book on his confessions and a detailed account of his early years. He exerted zeal against various eras of his day and showed himself as a defender of the faith. Can you be a defender of the faith like St. Augustine? Can you at least pray about becoming a defender of the faith? Call on St. Augustine for his intercession and believe me, your prayers will be heard. As he had been its ignorant enemy, devout servant of God, died on August 28, 430. 
and that happened to be the wedding anniversary date of my mother and father. So my brothers and sisters, those are some of the saints that I want to talk about because I had promised you I would talk about the Latin Fathers of the Church. And last but not least, I want to talk about St. Anthony Mary Claret. And here we have sometimes called the Saint Dominic of the 19th century, born in Spain, 1807. Devout parents enrolled him in the confraternity of the Rosary planting a great seed of faith in him, promoting him along with a book for his family to lead the rosary in his parish. God was reconfirming his apostolate. Apostolate is something that God is calling you toward, some, a mission that is between you and God. St. Anthony Mary Claret surrendered to God's call a third time. He became a diocesan priest at age 28. He introduced, introduced parishioners to pray the rosary before each mass. Are you praying the rosary each day before each mass as St. Anthony Mary Claret did? 10 years of priestly service, he formed the missionary sons of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. We too, my brothers and sisters, can do this. We can form a beautiful apostolate of prayer, of rosary, in any of our churches, in our homes, while we're driving in the car, we can call on St. Anthony Mary Claret, known as a Claretian who made a special promise to promote devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. At age 42, Anthony was appointed Archbishop of Santiago, Cuba. He took Mary as his middle name. What an honor that must have been for him to use the Blessed Mother's name as his middle name. How beautiful. It was a moment, a monumental task, combating widespread fornication, ignorance. He performed 9,000 marriages, 100,000 confirmations, and always practiced. He was practical. He studied agriculture and developed supportive structures for local farmers, business owners. He also mentioned that the rosary be prayed in all the churches on Sunday and feast days and even paid surprise visits to enforce the rule. Anthony Mary Claret died in 1870. So we call on him in this time, in our century of 2023, October 13th. And we also call on St. Therese Margaret of the Sacred Heart who died in 1770 an Italian Carmelite died at age 22. Just as a person loves another, we too must constantly recall to mind that God's present and always working for our greater glory, our greater good. All we have to do is return love for love. Our whole world exercise and obligation is in loving alone. And if our brothers and sisters realize this, this world would be on fire with great works of charity and hope and love. The laity have always felt hostile regarding the um, clergy and have constantly striven to overstep their bonds or bounds by wickedness and disobedience. 
So this is still true today, even though that was written back in the day in the Book of the Popes in a concise biographical history. Today, we still see this happen. There is a hostility towards the clergy, and they are having to constantly strive to overstep the bounds by the wickedness and the disobedience of others. So we pray for that wickedness and obedience of others to fade, to fade and, and to return in holiness for our nation and for the sake of our souls in eternal life. Amen. May God bless us this day and may the dew of this morning overcome us like the veil of protection of our holy and blessed Mother Mary who loves us deeply. Amen.